not everybody is on a joint lease. So if you are the one on the lease or if your ex had moved in with you, this is going to sound harsh, but you're broken <laughs> up. I, I often give the example of when I split up from my husband. Uh, we were on the lease together. And look, you know what? I one day was just like, you're gone. You're not coming back here. And I really, I put my, I just <laughs> absolutely put my foot down and oh, yeah. it helped me so much. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. So welcome everyone to this week's episode. We have a really fun topic this week because, I mean, we probably get this every week Mm -hmm. in the DMs. So we know that this is going to be a very popular episode and one that we've been wanting to do for a while. So today's the day we're mm-hmm. recording it. So what if I have to see them every day? So, or AKA, yeah. what if I can't go no contact? Because exactly. we're con- That's kind mm-hmm. of what we're we making contact. We have to more or less have to. Yeah, I'm excited about yeah. it as well. And yeah, we do get it kind of a lot. And my heart definitely goes out to people who, ha- you know, break up with someone and still have to have some level of contact with them. But you can still rise above it and you can still tackle it and still heal from it. And that's what we're doing today. Exactly. So we're pretty outspoken about the benefits of mm-hmm. no contact. So it makes sense that people bring up like this one thing that would make no contact kind of hard if your ex is always around and there's a lot of reasons why this might happen and uh, before we talk about what those reasons are I thought I might mention if you do have to see your ex coaching is especially useful so we love working one-on-one with people and this will probably help a lot if this is someone that you have to communicate with or even see Um, having a coach to process that with and um, troubleshoot and action plan around, I, I think could probably, you know, maybe be the, the key to solving this. So please, please, please hit us up. We would love to help you if you do have to see them every day or every week. So why could this be? You might have to have, to have contact with your ex if you work with them. Ouch. You mm-hmm. co-parent with your ex. Those are probably the top two examples that we hear. You share a class with your ex. Ah, how distracting (laughs) when you're trying to (laughs) learn. You still live together. Can't imagine. Yeah, that's a big one I hear. Um, Well, I had, I broke, I was having major problems with my ex-husband and we lived together for a short amount of time. So I do know how horrible that is. Or you're trying (laughs) to stay friends. Those could all be reasons why you might have to or why you do have some level of contact with them. So personal experience, um, I had to go all the way back to high school to remember that I did (laughs) have a boyfriend and we broke up and we had, yeah, did have to see each other every day. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how pertinent this is because I was a kid then and I'm not now, but I mean, it was very hard and eventually got easier. So, you know, it was one of my first real boyfriends and I was just shattered when we broke up and yeah, it it really hurt. And then, I don't know, by the time we graduated, we were actually quite, quite good friends. So I can, I can promise you that little by little, yes, it does get easier. Um, I also Mm -hmm. dated someone back in Melbourne who was in my same social network, um, partially because while we had been going out, I had brought him to everything which I very much regretted after yeah he was not he didn't want to break up and he very much wanted he made sure that he was around and he definitely was um so I will say for sure Mm. it made it more difficult we did end up sleeping together after seeing each other once and um that made it you know just complicated it like crazy and I will say when we Mm. ended that again I made sure that if I knew he was going to be around that I wouldn't go to wherever it was. Um, So I did have to be pretty proactive about, yes, changing my schedule because I knew it was better and healthier for me. 
Um, and then I yeah. do have a couple other experiences having to be around people I wasn't on good terms with every day so that I'll mm. bring into this. And I actually do think that they're quite relevant because it was really hard. Um, I lived with a couple people for a short amount of time and we, none of us were on good terms with each other. It was just, oh. it was after my divorce. I was kind of confused about life, making lots of poor decisions and, uh, you know, had moved in with some people who does. I didn't really know. And, it just just didn't work out. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, and yeah, coming and going from the apartment was really difficult. I absolutely hated it. And I was extremely proactive about getting out of there. So I can I can relate to that, not wanting to go home because this person is there living with someone you have conflict with. And yeah, I did really yeah. anything I could to um, sign over my lease and get the hell out <laughs> because it was worry. It was bad Yikes. for my mental health for sure. And then I was in a very, very, very toxic work environment for a while in Melbourne and had to be around these people who were, I mean, flat out abusing me for, um, you know, per, you know, pretty much day in and day out. And so I can also understand having to work with someone who you're on bad terms with as well. So my, my heart, like, yeah. like I said, my heart goes out to people. And also I know that it's something that you can overcome as well. Oh my yeah, gosh. it was hard. I, I, I totally get it. I hadn't yeah. dated these people, but we had at one time been really close and it just completely deteriorated. And, you know, I dreaded going to work every, you know, day was a oh. challenge. But I learned a couple of things that I'm going to talk about later that did help me through it. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's really What about good. you, Claire? Yeah. I haven't really experienced this. Um, yeah, I when my ex-fiance and I broke up, we were living together and we had like a very rational, calm conversation about who could afford to stay mm -hmm. living there. And that was me. And so he he also his parents lived in the area. So he just like moved briefly back home before he yeah. you know found a place on his own. So. Like, that was my experience with that. And then with the toxic ex in Santa Barbara, I just never came back yeah. one day. So. Well, I mean, those are actually good examples. <laughs> I do We do hear once in a while that people feel like they have to keep living with their ex. And, man, there's so many yeah. different circumstances people have. But you know what? Sometimes you yeah. have to do whatever you can to find somewhere to stay yeah. while you transition. Because it really is not the best exactly. to stay in the same living quarters as, as an ex. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I know that um, like what I did was like very privileged. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that a lot of people don't have the resources for that in that, you know, moving out or like changing jobs yeah. or something is is sometimes a huge hardship for people so you're you know you're really choosing what your hardship yeah i was just is. gonna say that um mm -hmm. yep. yeah yeah exactly so you know um so you know your situation i wrote this down to bring up a little later but i'll bring it up now you know you know your own life like do not just drop everything and move out because we told you to and you're like, fuck the consequences. Janice and Claire told mm -hmm. me to. So I'm going to do this even though it's not financially feasible. Like whatever decisions you decide to make after listening to this episode are yours alone. Like we totally understand if some of these things are not options mm -hmm. in the short term for you. So please make responsible decisions like make sure you're safe make sure you have a place to live like yeah. stuff like that so but I also know, want to like, encourage people to be resourceful sometimes I talk to people and yeah once you start digging into why they feel like they have to stay living there um they haven't fully explored yeah. their options and sometimes they're in a exactly. bit of shock over the whole thing and it I mean making new plans for your life when you're going through a breakup is very difficult if not almost impossible because <laughs> yeah. you're so overwhelmed <laughs> with the breakup um so I and also you yeah. know this is this can be empowering for you it might seem impossible now but you know get creative yeah. and you know you might be able to work it out in ways that you hadn't seen before mm. exactly yeah just saying, you know, we're not responsible for your your actions, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Disclaimer. <Yeah. laughs> this is just what we would we would suggest um, mm -hmm. doing, but we're not telling you what to do yes. sort of thing. Because, I, you know, like these these are really big life decisions. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so 
first things first, before we get into the episode, like some reassurance for you after that big disclaimer mm-hmm. is out of the way, you can make it through this hard time. Like Janice was saying, like this, this may seem impossible right now, but there is a way through this and there are options for you. You just haven't found mm-hmm. them yet. So um, you will make it through this. The pain will not last forever. Um, also, whatever decisions led to this point, like moving in with your ex or like planning all your classes together oh or whatever, you made the best decision you could at the mm-hmm. time. And so don't beat yourself up about like moving in with someone that things didn't end up working mm-hmm. out with. You know, you tried yeah. your best. And, you know, we've we've all been in that situation or something similar and you know you're it's okay it's yeah human. yeah especially <laughs> as, as coaches you know I, I think it's important for us to say you know like moving in with somebody is you know what you do when you're in love sometimes and it probably felt you know like an amazing choice yeah um back then so yes definitely don't beat yourself up yeah mm-hmm. we hope and if it wasn't then you know that's some a really good area for growth yeah um yeah, I mean, I know I'll so, be thinking twice uh, before moving in with someone ever again because of having bad experiences. Mm. All right, so more little words of wisdom or words of encouragement. Uh, you are capable of rising above this. You are capable of beating this. Every problem has some sort of solution. And I know that it's really hard to see your own strength when you're in the midst of something like this, but you absolutely can do it. You know, just take things day by day right now. So it's going to work itself out. No one can take your power away from you unless you allow them to. I know that that is kind of a mm. cliche, but if you, this is someone who you have to have contact with regularly, you know, you need you can make a choice whether or not to let them kind of ruin your life or ruin your job or your school experience or, you know, you can choose to um, take the power into your own hands. That's also hard yeah. to realize when you're going through a breakup. I want yeah. to put this out there. It is possible to compartmentalize your feelings and disconnect from certain emotions. Set your feelings aside so that you can focus on the task at hand. And what I mean by this is you can kind of put your feelings you know, to the side or on a shelf while you work, while you go to your class, while you, you know, talk about your kids and then come back to them later. That's something that's taken me a long time to learn. And I know some people will think that that's a ridiculous thing to say because feelings during a breakup are so overwhelming. But, you know, you can learn to do that. And I think co-parenting is actually the perfect example of how you can do that because high conflict co-parenting especially I mean, there's so many emotions and opinions, and it's very, um, it's a very intense thing to do. And I know that parents learn to yeah. do that. You know, I think people still are pissed at their ex and just decide, you know, when we're doing the drop-offs or when we're talking about this, they set it aside and do come back to it. Believe me, I talk to people <laughs> who do. <laughs> and, you know, and this is also why coaching and counseling is so useful for some of these situations is because, you know, that is your safe space to then process how you're feeling about this person, not when you're yeah. talking about the kids or not when you're at work. And like mm. I said earlier, you might not see it now, but you probably have more power, more choices, more resources, more options in the situation than you're giving yourself credit for. If you're listening mm. to this because you're going through it, you know, you might totally not be able to see it at all, but you might just want to remind yourself that, and then little by little, you might start to see it. You're not powerless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're no. not powerless, period. Yes. yes. We have loved creating free and accessible healing resources for people around the world who are looking for support on their breakups, broken hearts, and moving on journeys. Each day, we receive DMs from many of you who have let us know the positive impact X-Files is making in your life. Our vision for the second year of our show is something that we both feel so completely. 
We are looking forward to continuing to share useful resources each week, but also expanding our offerings to help people go more deeply with their healing and growth. Part of our vision is expanding the connection with our community. And to do that, we are thrilled to be launching the X-Files Patreon. Growing this aspect of our community will allow us to keep creating great content for everyone each week and also start developing even more healing resources and support. We would love for you to be part of the first group of the X-Files patrons. So head to the link in the show notes now to sign up for either the $5 or the $10 level. And we will both be looking forward to connecting with you very soon. So we brought up no contact Mm -hmm. earlier and, you know, no contact, it seems pretty clear, like you're not contacting the person, Mm -hmm. right? But you can customize no contact for your unique situation. So no contact, but customized. Mm -hmm. And what that can mean is that if you're co-parenting, there is no contact other than related to the kids and within certain hours if it's you know not an emergency i've seen people do it and i've seen people in pretty bad breakups who have kids with their ex who have almost no contact at all and it's really cool i mean i've i've seen it i told uh the story before about someone i know who co-parents and the only contact they have with their ex is when they actually do the FaceTime and their ex hands the phone to their child. They even have parents wow. helping with the drop-offs. And so they, you know, they don't have to, to communicate. And, you know, it's very impressive. It's very wow. possible. It takes a lot of planning, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, that Some planning yeah. helps, for sure. I think some people, even in a co-parenting situation, aren't completely ready to let go and so it's hard to yeah. realize or even hard to want to go no contact with the person you're co-parenting with because of all the reasons why other people don't want to. Because you're still hanging on to something. Yeah. You're still, you know, trying to give it to them. Um, but it's, yeah. One, once you decide to bite the bullet, I think you're going to completely set yourself free in a co-parenting situation. Um, oh, and then I also yeah. want to put in here um, no contact absolutely includes in each one of these situations no social media and i even if you co-parent no social media that because that still (laughs) applies i don't think i can think of a single situation where you have to where it benefits you to stay in connected on social media yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's not it's not necessary and if you want to work towards being able to be connected on social media, you can do that in the future. But now is not yeah. the time. Not while you're healing. Not while this is really, yes. really hard. Good point. So, I've heard people yeah, say yeah, that yeah. somehow they feel like it's better for the kids. And I'm sorry, but I think what's best for everybody is that you both heal and move on um, from it. I'd, exactly. Mm-hmm. So what if you're living together? If you're living together, customized no contact would pro- would look like not hanging out together, not sleeping in the same bed, <laughs> keeping yeah. your life. Don't sleep in the same bed. I mean, some people at least don't yeah, do that. <laughs> at least don't do that. Oh, Set God. yourself up with, you know, some a separate separate living quarters while you each figure out what you're going to do. Keep your life separate as if you keep your lives as separate as if you had an awful roommate you never want to see. For me, that exactly. looked like I did lots of things outside of the apartment I went to meetup groups I went hiking I did all sorts of stuff to keep myself occupied when I when I wasn't working I think I'm, I was working at home at, from at the time and I even you know sometimes would go and work other places um, work maybe yeah. when no one else was going to be home and then a lot of time in my bedroom I will say and that yeah. was hard for me um, but it helped while I figured out my next move yeah. If you work together, exactly. keep all contact to work hours and only about things that are absolutely necessary for your job function. So 
chances are, or yeah, statistically, you probably aren't collaborating mm. on da daily on, proje on projects. So keep the conversation to the bare minimum. No water cooler talk. No, um, you know, taking jabs at the person. No angry looks. No sexy yeah. looks. No emails. No shit talking with other co yeah. coworkers. Yeah, I would too. definitely consider I know that it contact. Might be really mm -hmm. tempting. We're gonna talk yeah. about other ways that you can talk shit about this person, which might be therapeutic. Um, but yes, not to coworkers. Yeah, just not with your fellow yeah. coworkers. Um, That's and no outside texts. I, you know, often talk to people who work with their ex and again once you start digging you do find out that they're communicating about a bunch of other stuff other than work yeah and that they're still yeah. you know texting outside of work and still um keeping the emotions really high by having actually a lot more contact than they're letting on in the beginning mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and it's you know not to shame anyone we're not trying to do that we're just saying like we see well, you and and it's not an and this is an example of how you have more power and options and decisions than you think that you do you know you actually yeah. probably still have room to cut out a lot of contact and make things a lot easier for yourself mm -hmm. yeah exactly and like especially if you are someone who has been in communication with your ex you can say hey i'm having trouble with the breakup I would like us to only talk about work topics within work hours. I don't want to be texting you anymore. Please oh, yeah. leave me alone oh, yeah. in that respect. And yeah, that person should respect that. Well, um, in many cases, they have to. Yeah. You know, if you're working they together, to. depending on, you know, the company or where you live or what the laws are, you know, they might be, you know, legally obligated to give you space if you yeah. ask for it. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the, yeah, none of that stuff is within a professional exactly. relationship. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. when you when you start, you know, developing friendships with your coworkers, like, you know, that's that's great. And like, it's good to have social support mm -hmm. wherever you are. But there are rules exactly. <laughs> that don't apply to your friends that are outside mm -hmm. of workplaces. So, you know, now your ex is under that umbrella. Um, yeah. So some tips for navigating this time. The same advice that applies to any breakup also applies here. So you want to prioritize meaningful time with people who are supportive. That's going to be really important for your brain mm -hmm. chemistry. It's going to be really important for like using your time. Um, you know, so you're not just like bored and lonely and you're like, well, let me talk yeah. to my ex. Um, you know, plan things with with people who love you and who are yeah. supportive. If you're if you're spending this much amount of time in environments where you have to have contact with your ex, then I think it's really important to spend have have big chunks of other time when you aren't around them or thinking about it, rather than just yeah work and then home alone dwelling on it. You know, work home alone dwelling on it. Yeah. It's good, yeah, to plan in other things. And then you you get used yeah. to um, having lots of time where you're not thinking about it. Mm. Yeah. You also want to go full send on self-care. The Elite Daily article, Four Tips for Nursing a Broken Heart When You Have to See Your Ex Every Day, states, self-care looks different for everyone. What it comes down to is meeting your own needs. So that can mean doing your laundry or making sure you have a clean room to come home to. It could mean finally hanging those pictures you've been meaning to hang in order to make your space feel like home. It can also be as simple as just showering and brushing your teeth every morning at the same time to cultivate a pattern. When your life seems to have exploded and you crave the normalcy you had before your breakup, having an established pattern can provide some relief in terms of finding familiarity in your day. So this doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be bubble baths and ice cream. And we do really encourage self-care walks. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, you know, you don't have to go crazy with this and be like buying $30 candles and shit like to do self-care. It can be as simple as like doing the basic maintenance on yourself that you really probably don't feel like doing mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, I think yeah. maybe having something in your self-care routine or in your daily routine that you do right after you have to have contact with this person might also really help mm. to soften the blow and also reprogram your brain so that it knows that even if you have to see the person you're going to be having some sort of relief you know when it's over for instance you know if it were me I would it would be like maybe not every day but maybe in the beginning going from work to you know um somewhere out to eat or you know somewhere to have Mm -hmm. like a drink while I decompress for the day you could do that you know like right after school or work or when you do the drop-offs with your kids or maybe right after work going on the walk or going somewhere that just that feels enriching and you could also do that beforehand like I just thought about um Ted Lasso um with Rebecca, how she had that one, um, oh man, that one episode where she said, when I'm about to like walk into a room of men that I know are going to be like intimidating because she's, you know, a football club owner as a woman is like, you know, a little intimidating to walk into some of those rooms. She said she would go into the bathroom and she would get up on her tiptoes and open her arms as big as she could and roar like a lion in order to like pump herself up and like give herself protection and kind of like, like a, like an energy to Mm -hmm. embody. And so the same thing for work or something like maybe you're waiting in your car before you go in and you go I'm a fucking powerful badass boss Mm -hmm. babe like I can't be distracted by this stupid little person who I used to date and very much so yeah in fact I was going to talk about doing (laughs) this kind of like symbolic energy filled um uh later down on the list um, that's yeah, that's a great, awesome. great tip for sure. And again, that goes back to Let's circle back. Yes, to we that. will. Um, but <laughs> Claire, that's a um, it's a good example of how you know, oh, taking back your power and not giving it to your yeah. ex by doing something like that. Exactly. That's a great idea. Exactly. So, more tips. Look at your options. Once things aren't so fresh and the breakup brain isn't so prevalent. It's time to troubleshoot the situation, action planning, troubleshooting, taking back your power. Mm -hmm. Look at your options, but you might not want to or be able to do this before you are through the breakup brain stage. I think this could be a good reason why just going and crashing with a friend for a couple weeks if you're living with your ex, just so that you just automatically have somewhere to, to go so that you don't have to really think about leases and apartments and moving just two weeks crash with someone and then make all the decisions later so yeah refresher on breakup brain if you happen to be new to x files um or if you just haven't thought about it in a while breakup brain people can experience physical and cognitive disruptions after a breakup some examples include muscle aches like a sore back or throwing your back out Memory loss, Mm -hmm. yep. Loss of appetite, increased anxiety, inability to concentrate, difficulty making decisions, forgetfulness, unusual levels of anger, trouble sleeping, feeling exhausted, and um, one more is racing racing or obsessive thoughts. Racing thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely. A 2010 study out of Northwestern University examined multiple groups of students and found that those who had experienced a breakup also experienced a significant loss of perception around their self, their sense of self, which is really interesting. They found that the students who went through a breakup during the study were found to use words like confused, uncertain, bewildered, more often than those who didn't. So, like, really showing they're not not probably the best time to be, like, signing leases. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah. 
Since breakup brain can have such an impact, there is a lot of evidence in support of waiting to make big decisions about your living situation or job. But once you feel more stable, look at your situation. Let's start to look at our options here. Getting creative, you know, being a grown-up, learning about self-resilience and self-reliance, that was really big for me. I also made stayed in really bad situations and really took away my own power out of because of thinking that the only option was the situation that I was in and learning to be resourceful yeah. has been really great for me. So some examples. If you are living together, see what your options are financially. Can you move out? If you are on speaking terms with your ex, is it possible for them to move out? Um, I also want to put in here, not everybody is on a joint lease so if you are the one on the lease or if your ex had moved in with you this is going to sound harsh but can you kick them out (laughs) i I mean you're broken up i i often give the example of when i split up from my husband uh we were on the lease together and look you know what i one day was just like you're gone you're not coming back here and I really, You're I done. put my, I just <laughs> absolutely put my foot down and oh, yeah. it helped me so much. Yeah. I know people yeah. don't want to do that because they don't want to be mean or this, that, and the other, but you, it's time to put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like we were talking about earlier, there, there is sacrifices and there are hardships, mm-hmm. you know, like with the toxic ex, like the w- reason why I was able to just leave and not come back is because I chose the hardship of moving back in with my parents (laughs) for a little bit, which was um, (laughs) 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on the time of day from where I was going Mm. to college. So, you know, and like living with parents after you haven't been is kind of a bummer. Um, Yeah. And I was able to then, you know, find, find another option where I was like, you know, half an hour mm. when the traffic was good from my school. Um, and, you know, that was that was hard, but it was also really good for me because, like, I was actually, you know, pretty scared of this guy, like, tracking me down mm. and stuff. Um, and so being able to be living in a different city um, – where it wouldn't be easy to like follow me home from school or something was actually really positive for me. So, you know, you choose your hardship. I think a lot of times when people stay stuck in bad situations with their ex, because they're more like prioritizing um, comfort or convenience over making some hard decisions. And that could be like, well, it's really close to where I work or it's really close where I go to school. So, you know, I just really like living here or, um, you know, people who don't want to say no to going to certain parties because they don't want to make this friend upset even though they know their ex is going to be there or they really wanted to do this one specific random thing that really had wasn't that important in the grand scheme of things because they didn't want to sit it out over having to see their ex and then actually be miserable after and yeah sometimes you know these things happen as adults and we have to live with some inconvenience for a while, make hard decisions, make other people uncomfortable, make ourselves uncomfortable to be, you know, better and healthier in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people are, I mean, most humans, the more comfortable thing is to deal with the devil, Mm. you know, rather than risk it all on the devil. Mm -hmm. You don't know. But it doesn't have to be a devil. Like, it could just be that it actually was a much better situation for you to leave. You just don't know that until Mm. you do it. Um, Yeah. So if you work together or maybe you're in school together, can you ask for accommodations from HR or from your professors? Maybe there's a class at a different time you could switch to. Um, So instead of going on Tuesdays at 9 a.m., you take the same exact class. You just switch to the Wednesday at 4 Mm -hmm. p.m., you know. Um, Maybe maybe there's a different project for you to focus on. I was just going to say I had someone close to me who did break up with someone and they went to the same college. 
And she did, you know, she went to the administration and just said, I want to make sure that our schedules are different. It had been a bad breakup and they worked with her to make sure that, um, I, I don't exactly know how they did this, you know, because for um, privacy reasons for her ex, but they were yeah. able to give her a schedule that um, ensured that they wouldn't really be around each other. She also went and she applied yeah. for a certain job on campus that would allow her to, um, you know, basically work in the girls' gym or something. And um, she told them yeah. what was going on. And, you know, people actually totally worked with her on it. Remember yeah. that the administration yeah. at your school works for you, <laughs> you know? I mean, they're there <laughs> yeah. to make your experience um, a good one. And so, you know, use them as one yeah. of the resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as humans, they have they probably really yeah. understand what you're going mm-hmm. through. And they're like, yeah, like I want to be understanding because someone was understanding mm-hmm. for me or I want someone to be yeah. understanding for me in the future. Yeah, so you know, same, same with work. Like I know we got one where it was like, oh, we're working on this big project at work together. So I'm stuck with them. It's like, well, maybe you're not like, maybe this is, maybe this is the time that you actually consider transferring to the Chicago office or, you know, something like that. So you have more options. Um, it's just, sometimes it feels like there is no other option other than just continuing with the status quo but that's that and this is going back again to not letting the other person take your power and to and to looking at everything that's actually in front of you sometimes yeah it might Mm -hmm. take a little bit of discomfort and going to hr or going to your manager and being proactive about saying i'm having a hard time focusing on this this is what has happened can we work together to come up with a solution and yeah i know i've talked to people who don't want to do that because they're embarrassed and I mean, who wants mm-hmm. to sit down with HR, <laughs> you know, and who wants to talk to their manager about their breakup? <laughs> yes, I do yeah. get that. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it, like I said, momentary discomfort to help you in the long run. Sometimes it's worth it. And also, if yeah, you do have an exactly. HR department, again, that's what they're there for. Yeah, yeah, is to, you know, to continue good business practices and make sure that they're... I mean, it's not to make sure that you're like so happy and you get everything you want. Their their priority is to make sure that the business is efficient and makes the most money. And it's not very efficient if you can't yeah. do your work. And then going back to uh, work, I don't know as much school, but maybe, you know, can you take a few days off? Can you take a week off? Can you work from home? Again, look at your options regardless if you work with your ex or not, if you are going through a bad breakup and struggling with breakup brain and having a hard time functioning, it is should be treated just the same as with uh, any other injury or illness. You, If you have sick days, you are absolutely allowed to use them for this. If you have mental health days, taking mm-hmm. time off of work might be a game changer. Giving yourself a little space from this person even if it's a week, might help to make it easier once you go back. And also, you've got to look after yourself. So taking time off work, I think, is really good for breakups. Yeah, taking time off of work. And then with school, um, you know, like maybe that is an option. Um, Like I know a lot of schools are hybrid now after COVID. So it's like kind of like you have the choice to go in or watch the Zooms. You also, you could really, um, like for the next quarter or next semester, you could um, try to arrange like a study abroad Mm -hmm. program. So then you're like not even in the same school or country anymore. Yeah, there Um, are so many options with college these days, especially with, yes, the the flexible learning. And you said something, though, that stood out to me, and that is that it's your choice to go in in many cases. You know, I sometimes I talk to people and they'll say, but I, you know, I like going to this place or I don't want them to take that away from me or, you know, I enjoy doing this and they're there. What should I do? And it's like, this is temporary. I know you might enjoy it. But, you know, if you're struggling so much with your breakup right now, again, sometimes it takes making a hard decision. Sometimes it takes altering your life or your schedule and doing whatever you need to do to get over this. 
And if you're yeah. choosing to put yourself in this situation, you need to recognize and maybe even take your power back in that way and say, you know, I chose to do this. And so I'm not going to let them get to yeah. me. And I understand that it's a choice or, you know, choose not to do it for a few weeks or a few months. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, like, you might like the places you discover more mm -hmm. From like, you know, like, yeah, you love going to this place. You're a regular there. And like now it's awkward with your ex and you're like, oh, man, like so sad. I have to give up this place. But in going somewhere else, you realize this is way yeah. better. Actually, over here, this is actually way nicer, way more fun than I was having mm -hmm. before at my old place, you know, so or not having the stress of whether or not you're going to run into them just will yeah. make it better <laughs> it will make it better uh -huh. i promise <laughs> so yeah time apart is very important if you're living together maximize your time elsewhere maybe it's time to visit your hometown to take that travel opportunity at work um to make sure that you're planning activities for the evenings to get yourself out of the house mm -hmm. yeah again get creative so this is something that a coach talked to me about when I was going through my bad living situation. And this tip is very, I mean, basically what Claire said earlier, creating a symbolic or an energetic fortress around yourself. So I was working with a coach. Uh, I, was, I, I was in this bad living situation after my divorce. And I was working with a coach to try and help me get my life back on track. And so we were talking about the fact that things had deteriorated with the people I was living with and that I was just really miserable being in that apartment. And she talked and she talked to me about not just going in my room, but kind of visualizing really lovely surroundings and, you know, creating like a special name for my room. And I mean, I still actually have kind of a, a picture of what it was that I came up with and you know I'm a big flowers person and so I said you know my room is going to be my secret garden and I was just you know picture flowers and mm -hmm. trees around me and it made me feel more relaxed to know that I was going home and then once I was in there I felt a bit more relaxed I kept it really clean I um, made my bed a really cozy place to work on so that I could even work in there more than I was before and it didn't solve the problem but it made it easier for me um, and then Claire's yeah. idea of you know physically doing something that kind of creates a fortress around you when you know that you have to be around them can be really really useful and again something that people yeah. might it might be outside of your comfort zone to do this again but you know just mm -hmm. just try it like all of these things you gotta it's trial and error when you're yeah. dealing with a broken heart yeah you can visualize um building like a a disco ball around okay. you mm -hmm. of like mirrors mm -hmm. because then anything that hits a mirror bounces back at those mm -hmm. people so you can you can visualize that when you're you know like before you walk into a situation where you know you're going to see your ex or maybe you know it's just someone you don't really like and you're like wow this uh, episode is really helpful mm -hmm. for me right now um you can you can visualize that you're inside of a disco ball and you're kind of like watching people like throw their own mm -hmm. shit at your mirrors and it just bounces back at them um and never gets to you um so that's like another visualization mm -hmm. you could try yeah, I like that one. Yeah. So uh, this is one tip that I give a lot for people who have to, uh, yeah, I guess have any contact with their ex. And that is affirmations. You are going to really be glad that you chose a certain affirmation to put everywhere, put on your phone, put in your car so that you see it, put in your notebook, put on your mirror that you can really, really embody to help you get into a different frame of mind when you have to see your ex. And I would mm. say, you know, I, my suggestion would be to pick one or two that you use for this very specific situation. Um, Claire came up with some great mm -hmm. ones. One, I am a professional. I am focused and excellent at my job, no matter the circumstances. That is great for taking your power back as far as if you choose to stay in your job, then really own it. 
Yeah. Another one. This too shall pass. Oldie but a goodie. Yes. That's true. <laughs> I love telling people this is this is temporary. I know that it is. Three, I accept that I am growing into my best self. Some more options, some more ideas. The best thing is, is that it will only get better and better from here. So this is, this is your rock mm. bottom. Great. That's a wonderful yes. foundation to grow from. <laughs> um, this one, uh, my Reiki master taught me because um, it's important to like disconnect from people after you give them Reiki. You don't want to just be like linked mm. after that. You are you and I am mm. me. It's like your ex is your ex. You are you. Their emotions and whatever they're throwing at you is theirs. It doesn't impact who you are. And it's like remembering that we and us doesn't, it's not in the equation anymore. You are you. I am me. I am willing to feel only the energy that is mine and I let go of all that is not mine. So, you know, that's especially, I think, pertinent for, you know, maybe maybe you did the breaking up and you're really struggling with, you know, all the like sadness and like grief that your your ex is feeling and they're sharing that with you constantly. And like you're having trouble differentiating between like what is your energy and what is their energy. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. yeah, that's why so, no contact is so so useful because you you know become entangled yeah. energetically with a person when you're with them. Exactly. You want it to be your your journey mm-hmm. of healing. You don't want it to be there like influenced by whatever their process yes. is. Yes. Completely. Um something yeah. that just came to me as a tip is to kind of remember your your dignity and um I know that I'm not saying to dwell on what other other people think but if you are co-parenting going to school working with your ex it is important to maybe think about how you're being perceived in the situation I think that this helps especially Mm -hmm. if you're in a professional um, environment and that might help you to make to make better decisions because you do have to think about how you're being perceived when you're working and if you're you know a mess constantly or if you're really letting it get to you this can you know in, impact your performance and it can impact your ability to do your job function which you know that is something to keep in yeah. mind I think another tip yeah. journaling about maybe your anger or your feelings or how hard it is I think if you can set your feelings aside for the day like I was saying earlier about compartmentalizing and then maybe like right after work or right after you do the drop off, just journaling about how hard it was, journaling about how you felt, journaling about ugly, ugly feelings or thoughts that you have and getting it out of your system that way. It could be a really big relief because these situations are so overwhelming. Um, so that get out your journal. And yeah. um, just go to town. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening yeah, exactly. to this um you're probably, you know, got some pretty strong emotions about what's what's happening when you see yeah. this person. Yeah. Better out than yeah. in. So. Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah. you know, just tell yourself at 5 p.m., you know, I'm, I can get out my journal and let all these feelings out, but I'm not going to do it now. Another mm-hmm. tip that I learned when I was going through the toxic work situation is, and you have to do this very carefully, so... Uh, let me let me put that out there but if you are able to message a friend during the day when you're in the situation it can be really really useful and therapeutic and it can help you to just like kind of immediately get out the emotions and the feelings and you can feel a lot of relief right away you know like if your ex walks by if you have someone who you are able to send a message to about that um, you might find that the f- the emotions don't really pile up the way that they would if you just have to sit with your own thoughts all day long. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. I think, you know, venting it serves mm-hmm. a purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And same with the journaling. Um, so I had a friend yeah. who knew the situation really, really well. And, you know, we would text quite a bit 
or DM um, on our computers like quite a bit during the day. And I cannot tell you how much it helped. It just it made me feel so much better. And, you know, boy, I, my boss was horrible. <laughs> and so being able to tell someone about that, um, it allowed me um, the sanity to to get through every day. Mm. Yeah, just releasing a little bit of the pressure. So then like the next time your boss did mm-hmm. something, you were like, okay. Well, and knowing that somebody else, you know, completely agreed, um, this person knew my boss as well. Yeah. And it just, it made me <sighs> just, um, yeah, just feel better every single time. And to have someone validate what you're going through is really sometimes all that it takes to, you know, get through the mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, I agree. So I hope that that was a helpful episode for you guys. Like at the end of the day, you are building your own life. You know, you make decisions for you. You know what's best for you. Um, But I think we're just encouraging you to not... um, to not just accept your situation for what it is and instead like actually look at all your options before you make the decision like oh this is what I have to do it's like maybe not but check out those options first before you make the decision on like you know choosing a harder path to to Mm -hmm. healing I don't think that it's impossible to heal in in these less than perfect situations Mm -hmm. where like you know you're working together you're going to school together or like you have to live together for a certain period of time like the living together like I feel like you're probably not gonna get over each other until you move out but you know like you can make it through that time if you have to do that if you've looked at all your options and you're like you know what this is actually like what I actually have to do right now but I know you know three months from now I can move out I mean you were never going to stay living there forever most likely anyway (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) there's something that you can do even if you say uh, you're gonna take the month or you're gonna take two weeks to crash with your friend yes just please do (laughs) do whatever you need to do to get out of that that living situation absolutely oh and then I also want to say you know this is the beginning of your new life as a single person and think of it that way you know you want to be taking back your power you want to be building up your strength and yeah you don't want to just yeah like Claire said accept the situation wallow in your powerlessness you want to reclaim all of that and set the stage for this amazing new chapter of your life so good luck with everything like we said before (laughs) coaching can be a real game changer when it comes to situations like this and so please let us know if one-on-one support might be useful for you And if you want Mm -hmm. to support us, (laughs) please head to our Patreon, become a member. We're going to be upping that all summer long. We would really appreciate it. It helps us to continue to do the podcast and to create more offerings for you. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to your ears very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.